This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We cannot control whose names are going to be read on a card alongside ours, but we can control how much work, how much passion, how much energy we put into our own stuff. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. I hope you all are doing well. I'm doing really well. I am still on a bit of a high from the Eras Tour concert film, which I saw this weekend and inspired me to create this episode for you. Now, don't worry if you're not a Swifty, you can still tune in. Please still tune in. I think there's so much that we can learn from Taylor Swift's marketing, actually, whether you like her music or not. I wouldn't call myself a Swifty, at least not until recently. I was kind of a casual Taylor Swift fan. I was a big fan of her more country albums. I loved Fearless and Our Song and Tim McGraw. And then I kind of fell out of love with the really poppy stuff. But 2020 happened and she did a couple of things in 2020 that really made me sit back and say, wow, not only is she talented and I admire her work ethic and her songwriting and all that, but she is also a brilliant marketer. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Oh, and also if it's not obvious, I am in my folklore era. I think that's kind of what I'm going for. Let me know what, uh, what era you are. If you, if you care to share in the comments. Okay. So the first thing that I think Taylor does incredibly well is just be relatable. She is incredibly relatable despite being a near billionaire, if not already a billionaire, despite being one of the most celebrated artists of our time, you know, successful, beautiful, talented, all the things. She is so relatable. Early on, this was kind of brought to light by her songwriting, right? She was just radically honest in her songwriting to the point of getting her in trouble sometimes, Critics, that was one of the biggest things people would criticize is that, oh, she's just this young girl ranting about her boyfriends. And it made her seem very, quote, unserious, which I don't agree with. I could actually go on a rant for, for hours about how I think we need to stop calling things unserious just because they don't relate to us, particularly if they relate to young women. But I'll leave that for another time or venue. But just as much as that got her criticism, it also got her lifelong fans who related to every lyric, who related to the season of life that she was in, having fun and dating and being herself and being authentic to her and writing from the heart also got her lifelong fans. And I think this is important for all of us to keep in mind because there are going to be things that are authentic to you that might ruffle feathers, that might not feel 
like they're the most professional or the most respectable. I find that when you do something that is a little bit polarizing, yeah, you might be saying no to one audience, the stuffy critics, the, you know, people who who think you're unserious, but you're also going to be saying yes to something else. I actually called myself out on this recently because I found success in creating content and I didn't expect it. When I started my content creation journey, I was just having fun. And then it turned into a job. And then people started telling me, oh my gosh, I get so much value. This is such a great resource. You taught me this, you did this. And I started to take that part a little bit more seriously than I started to take the original reason why I created content, which was to have fun and to be myself. And I think over, you know, this past year, I've lost a little bit of that sort of relatable human connection because I've been so, so business focused. And I think some people love that because they, you know, they see me as a great resource, but I think the OGs, you know, the people who came to me just because they saw somebody that they related to may not love that quite as much. So I've been trying and and putting it onto the content calendar. Hey, don't forget to share something that's a little more personal, a little more behind the scenes, a little more from the heart. And yeah, it might repel some of the people who are only here for value, 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 but it's going to bring your core audience closer to you. So don't forget to do that. Don't forget to show your human, human side. Okay. We all know about the Taylor Swift Easter eggs. I'm sure if not, again, if you're not a Swifty, she plants these little Easter eggs across all of her different content that she puts out on her albums. She has lyrics that, you know, tie into different lyrics. She has music videos where she'll reveal a little something. There are numbers she uses. I mean, it is, it is pretty wild, but in marketing terms, what this is an example of is surprising and delighting. I think she's a queen of doing this, of just giving her audience like a little, a little peek into something, a little glimpse into something new that might be coming out. It gets people excited about things, right? When she wears a certain color nail polish or points to a certain thing or lifts her pinky. This is like the latest, latest thing. I'm not going to, I don't know. I don't even know. People say, oh, that means this album is coming out next. That's exciting. People love to be a part of something. People love to be the first to know something as well. And people love a little surprise. You know, they love to get a little, a little sign that something that they love is coming or something that they can be excited about is coming. So think about how you can do the same thing for your audience, anything from giving little sneak peeks in your Instagram stories to, you know, letting people be a part of an exclusive community, like your newsletter list. Maybe you tell your newsletter list, what's coming out or what you're working on before anybody else. Another example of surprising and delighting, which is really when Taylor got me back as a Swifty, if you will, was her 2020 release of Folklore. Now, in my opinion, Folklore is her seminal album. It is the most uh, brilliant display of her talent as a songwriter, as an artist. And yeah, it's the thing that made me a Swifty. But not only is it a brilliant record, she also dropped it at a time when her audience really needed it. Folklore came out in July 2020, and we all know what the world looked like at that time. It was lonely. We all felt isolated. We all felt confused. We were all sad. We couldn't see our favorite artists go on tour for their albums that they had released that year. And Taylor gave us like a 24-hour warning, I think. It was, it was not a lot of time. She said, hey, 
this album's coming out. She surprise dropped an album at midnight. Now, she's not the only one who does this. Beyonce's done this. Lots of lots of other artists have done it, but it can be a really fun way to drum up excitement. And also I think take a little bit of the pressure off when you feel so passionate about something. Sometimes doing the full launch process can be really overwhelming. So she surprised and delighted us with that instead. And um, I think there's many ways you could do a surprise drop or a surprise and delight for your audience. Speaking of your audience, Taylor always puts them first. She always puts her audience, her listeners, her customers first. We all should be doing the same thing. I think sometimes in the online business world, we forget Like this is a customer service business. At the end of the day, if you're a social media manager, if you're a web designer, if you're a coach, at the end of the day, our job is to keep those people who hire us happy and get them results. You know, I have found that those creators, those service providers that really put those people first are the ones who are the most successful, even if they're not the best designers, the best social media managers, the best content creators, the ones who build a really authentic loyal community, the ones who have good reviews and get referrals all the time, those are the ones that are successful. And I'm not denigrating Taylor Swift's talent by any means, because I do think she is an incredibly talented songwriter, but the relationship that she has with her audience cannot be beat. A funny example of listening to her customers comes from her last album for me, Midnight's. She announced that she would be collaborating with one of my other favorite artists, Lana Del Rey. And so me and the entire rest of the Lana Del Rey subreddit were, you know, losing our minds about it. We were so excited. And the song came out. It's called Snow on the Beach. And there's not a lot of Lana on the song. We were all a little disappointed. We're like, I don't know. I think I can hear her in in verse three or whatever. It was a very, a very subtle feature, let's just say. And so people complained about it. I wasn't one of them, right? I wasn't going to go tag Taylor Swift and tell her to put more Lana on, but she listened to the people who did. And she actually released a follow-up called Snow on the Beach featuring more Lana Del Rey. She gave the people what they wanted. And I think it's hilarious that that actually worked. So many of my services that I offer would have never seen the light of day if it weren't for somebody asking for them. You know, my clients, when they say, hey, I actually need a course about this. I just create it if enough people ask for it. If there is demand and I can supply it, just supply it. Strike while the iron's hot. Give the people what they want. It is a, it's a recipe for success, I'm telling you. But that means that you have to listen. You know, that means that you have to keep the lines of communication open. And you have to actually pay attention to what people are saying. You can't close yourself off. You can't just create in the dark and and release things and walk away. It does require communication. So think about how you can keep those lines open with you and your audience. Consistency. Let's talk about it. Taylor is one of the, you know, hardest working women in show business. I mean, she has been keeping us fed for I mean, you know, years, like she's released a million albums. It's wild. And not only is she releasing new material consistently, but she's even releasing new material with her re-recordings. So she's going through this process, which is something else a lot of entrepreneurs should learn from. Uh, She's going through this process of being able to own all of her masters to all of her previously recorded work. And she could easily just re-record the songs just to get the the ownership of those masters and, and call it a day. 
but she's one giving us full launches with all of these and really reliving those eras, reimagining those eras, but she's also keeping us fed. She's giving us more. One of these standout songs that she re-released for her red re-release was All Too Well, a 10 minute version of that song, which was also kind of fan requested slash demanded, but it was one of the kind of from the vault tracks. So she's re-recording the original albums, but she's also pulling different, different songs that were maybe cut from the album or that were inspired by that album. And she's, she's giving new material. So this is brilliant because now she's able to chart with new songs that haven't been heard yet, but she's also keeping her fans happy. And she's also getting, I'm sure a creative, you know, thrill from it. And she's also doing something else, which is the last point I want to talk about. She's collaborating with those from the vault tracks. I think for most of the vault tracks, she's bringing in collaborators who are maybe hitting on a different target audience than, than Taylor's or opening the door to, to some other, uh, you know, group of people, whether it's a different age group, a different type of music, right? She brought in Chris Stapleton for, I bet you think about me. She did a song with Phoebe Bridgers. Both of those artists had kind of breakout albums over the past couple of years. And their fans may be newer to Taylor's music. Maybe they did they weren't around when Taylor released her first version of those albums. And she's getting introduced to these new audiences now. And again, you know, there's that whole collaboration over competition kind of mantra. And I think as entrepreneurs, we really need to learn to lean into this. And when I say we, I say me too. Like I'm calling myself out here because I can sometimes feel a little in my feelings. Well, I don't know, that person's getting, you know, a claim for something that I already did. Why didn't I get that acclaim? Or maybe this person is trying to befriend me just because they want something that I can do for them. But we got to stop with some of that thinking. Don't get me wrong. Like feelings are there for a reason. Listen to your gut and all of that. But figure out how collaborating can help benefit you both as opposed to being kind of a one-sided kind of thing. I think the photo of the year for me is Taylor and Beyonce at the Eras Tour film premiere. I mean, these are two women who are saving the economy. I mean, let's be honest, who are just larger than life in so many ways to their fan bases and frankly have not let anyone pit them against one another, even though that was was attempted very early on in, in Taylor's career uh, by somebody who shall remain nameless, right? They haven't let that happen. They have repeatedly expressed mutual love and adoration for one another as artists and as people. And that is so incredibly powerful. I mean, I think we should get them on a presidential ticket if I'm being honest. Like I think they could they could probably save this country. Um, but the last thing I'll say on competition. I really don't think Taylor competes with anybody except for herself. I think she is her own biggest competition, her own steepest competitor. And we saw this in the 2020 film, Miss Americana. It was a Netflix documentary. It was another one of the things back to the beginning of the episode that really made me love Taylor all over again. It was really a deep look under the hood of Taylor's creative process. And there was a scene where she was finding out Grammy nominations and her album did not get nominated for album of the year as she wanted it to. And instead of saying, oh, that other person who was nominated, they don't deserve it, they suck, how did they get it over me? She said, 
I need to do better. I need to do better. And man, if we can just all have that relationship with failure, I think all of our businesses will be better for it. Instead of punching down at somebody else or or criticizing somebody else or saying somebody else doesn't deserve to be there, we can't control that. We cannot control whose names are going to be read on a card alongside ours. We cannot control who's going to release an album, a course, open a business, start a clothing line, you know, at the same time as us. But we can control how much work, how much passion, how much effort, how much energy we put into our own stuff. And if that isn't the inspiration I needed in that moment, I don't know. I don't know what was. So those are the five things that I think we all can learn from Taylor Swift. I am curious if you have any others that you'd like to share or if any of your favorite artists, musicians, creators, uh, if there's anything that you've learned from them, I'd love to hear about it. And again, if you haven't commented yet and told me which Taylor era you are, I would love to know that in the comments. But thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned a little something and I appreciate you as always. Thank you for being here. I'll talk to you in the next one. Bye.